Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Today is the 16th of July. Welcome to episode 16 of the Groovy Podcast with me, Peter Ledbrook, casting from London, England. And me, Ken Cousin, podcasting this week from Melville, New York. Hey, good to see you again, Ken. And yes, you <laughs> is it a different location each each time? Well, this time I'm, I'm teaching a class on site at, uh, at Canon, and it's a very very bright, very intelligent group of students who are very forgiving about the fact that apparently I'm incapable of reading a time zone map. Uh, we were, I thought we were doing this during lunchtime, now it's going to be during class, but that way they can all heckle and, and say nasty comments and stuff, but I have a feeling they're too nice to do that. Ah, yeah. oh, that's a shame. A good bit of Certainly heckling. the finest right. students ever met this week. Yeah. This week. Oh, uh, cool. <laughs> okay, so, well, that means that we have to be quick. This time, uh, keep it to half an hour. But before we start, I mean, the, the two big news items for us, at least, mm -hmm. are that the Groovy Weekly and the Grail's Diary are back after a month. Thank goodness. Yeah, I mean, otherwise, we'd have to do all this research on our own, and, and that's, that's too much like work, right? Exactly. So, I mean, big thanks to uh, was it, uh, Guillaume Laforge and Jakob Mikkelsen. I right. hope I pronounced his name right. In fact, I hope I pronounced both of them right. Uh, they do invest a fair bit of time doing those Groovy Weeklies and the Grails Diaries. And we only cover a few new news items each episode, whereas they have a lot more. So if you really want to find out uh, as much as possible about what's happening in the Groovy ecosystem, you should check out uh, those two series of uh, articles, blog posts. Right. I, from what I've seen, I don't know that the subscribe links are working at the moment with the transition to the new websites and the, the, the removal of Codehouse. Uh, so again, with those two, it's best to follow them on Twitter. If you follow Guillaume and you follow the, um, is it Grails Weekly or just Jakob? It's probably Jakob himself. We should put in their Twitter handles on the show notes, and that way you always know when the, when the latest issue is out. Yeah, that's a good idea. So we'll add, we'll add those Twitter handles to the show notes. Right. Um, okay, so yeah, those, that's the big news. Uh, we do occasionally come up with unique news items, but uh, <laughs> it does make life a lot easier for us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, for everybody else, I guess the, I think the biggest news item is possibly that Groovy 244 has finally been released. This is the first release under the Apache Foundation. And it's particularly important because apparently there is a security fix in there. So uh, I linked in the show notes to that. Uh, the vulnerability is remote execution of untrusted code. Wow. Um, and I believe that's in all 2.4.x versions. I, I don't know if it's on any earlier versions. It doesn't mention it. So it's cer certainly worth updating. I, I did notice. Uh, this morning that it got added to GVM as well. So it's a very easy update if you're a GVM person. Yes, exactly. I mean, GVM is just easy for everybody. Right. Uh, it's great, especially with, um, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, the Groovy releases uh, automatically get um, added to GVM without any manual intervention at all. Okay, so uh, there have been quite a few releases. Uh, as I said, go to Groovy Weekly to see kind of all of them. But one that caught my eye was Vertex 3. So this is a, a big version change. So if you're into sort of lightweight, asynchronous, high throughput IO uh, sort of server-side backends, then uh, Vertex is a very interesting project and has 
uh, groovy bindings. And this apparently looks like a fairly significant structural change to the underlying project. Um, so I would definitely have a, a look at that if you're interested in doing those kinds of things. Kind that's of competing a, with the Rat Pack to some degree, I think. That's what I was thinking as well. So we shouldn't tell the Rat Pack people about this. So, although, as I recall, wasn't it uh, wasn't GVM operating on top of Vertex for a long time? Yeah. So I think one of the first backends, the first backend for it was Vertex. Hmm. So um, yeah, I don't know what the what the new structure is. I had not seen that there was the revised structure in 3.0, so I don't know what's new in it. But yeah, it's a, definitely an active project and very easy to use. Uh, you make those little verticals, and uh, they're, they're quite popular. Yeah, so I think things caught my eye was uh, a simplified class loading structure, uh, which is always good in <laughs> Java land. And <laughs> the fact that apparently it's definitely embeddable. Uh, I don't know to what degree it is embeddable, but I think that's one of the significant changes. So you may not, quite possibly, you don't need to run it as a container anymore. Um, so yeah, that's definitely of interest. Uh, other releases, Gradle 2.5 came out, the final release, and uh, won't go into that in detail because we've already recovered covered it already for the release candidates and well, well that was the part that had the the continuous building right that it was that you're able to watch a folder now and have it automatically rebuild as you change files in that folder yes exactly um, so that, that I mean, would be a big motivation to move to 2.5 I would think yes yeah, so as, as well as the usual just go for the latest newest version Perfect. But yeah, the continuous build is the one I've of most interest mm. in, um, and you know, continuous testing should be a possibility with that. Uh, so, and in Grailsland three zero three was released recently. That um, came it, last week, right? Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what plans they have for three point one. Um, I haven't put this in the notes, but. They've been doing a fair bit of work on the plugins as well. So the latest one is Quartz. So Quartz is approaching final uh, GA, Quartz 200. Um, so uh, Jeff Brown was asking for people to download and test it with Grails 3. So if you are a Quartz user and thinking of upgrading to Grails 3 at all, then uh, try out that plugin, provide any feedback. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing it's release candidate, so it's probably working pretty well at the moment. Yeah, I think that was just yesterday or this morning he released Release Candidate 1. Uh, I always liked Quartz. I, I, as I vaguely recall, and I could be wrong about this, when they refactored Grails to be a plug-in architecture, wasn't that plug-in number one? I mean, really, one of the very, very first ones to be refactored to be a Grails plug-in. I mean, the functionality worked, but when they made it a plug-in, it was the first one to Yeah, it was the, it was the first one to effectively be pulled out of Grails core. Uh, made uh, a sort of optional dependency. Sorry, I just lost a little bit of lag there for a moment. Yeah, so Quartz was the, I think it was the first one to be pulled out of the core of right, Grails. Right. Um, and packaged as an optional plugin. Um, and then it kind of lost its status because it also dropped out of the default plugin list. So you don't get Quartz by default and haven't had, uh, haven't had that for a long time now. Right. Um, so, uh, talking about Grails, recently they've added a Slack channel. So Slack, I haven't used it myself, sounds like a IRC type of instant messaging group system. It's enormous. It's, it's gaining a lot of mindshare in the industry. I know lots and lots of companies use Slack as their asynchronous messaging 
mechanism of choice. Uh, you build a, a, a channel and then people can join it and it's it does feel very IRC-like. I haven't used it that much, although I, I did join the Grails channel right away. Uh, I saw everybody in there and I, I imagine that people like Graham are going to really regret it, you know, because <laughs> every time they're there I imagine they're going to get inundated with questions. But it looks very convenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the thing with these uh, channels. But it's it's worth being in there. You just have to uh, <coughs> be very clear about, or or just have like office hours. Yeah, the the Rat Pack people, I think, have been using Slack for a couple of years now. I know that they've they've enjoyed it a lot. They've used it for a long time. So I imagine that may have had some influence in the decision to open up one for Grails as well. And I guess the, I mean, a lot of these sort of instant messaging systems have been tried and I assume this one has to has the the search facility history and search and these are key elements missing from things like IRC and and Skype groups and the like um, but uh, yeah so yeah if you're interested in I think it's mostly for uh, developing you know helping to work on those projects so along the themes of the dev mailing list rather than the user mailing list uh, but I'm sure they won't uh, object strongly if you go on there to just say hi and thank them for uh, producing the projects and working on them. There, there were a lot of those. Yeah, I saw that on that. Did you go in the Slack channel at all? No, I haven't. No. I, I downloaded the app, and I'd, I'd actually downloaded it earlier, but since I'm a one-person company, I hadn't, hadn't really had many opportunities to use it, so this gave me an excuse, and I went in there and saw all these people with, oh, hey, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, messages. So yeah. I imagine there'll be more content than that, but it was interesting for a little while. Yeah, super. We'll see how it settles down. So let's <laughs> stay on Grails because uh, you <laughs> you have something you want to talk about with Grails, don't you? With the well, new version. The latest this is something I've been thinking about a lot. I mean, it turns out that Graham posted, uh, Graham Roche, the head of Grails framework, uh, posted that they were finally in the next version of Grails going to add the dynamic scaffolding back in. Uh, I find that very helpful. Uh, from what I understand, the reason they took it out in the first place was performance issues, that the Grails in production with a dynamic scaffolding is, has a very bad startup time and other problems. And my opinion was that they should then just say that, you know, and document that and tell people not to do that, but not to take away the whole capability because in development mode, it's just really a great way to get started. Now, of course, the reply originally was is that the static scaffolding now uses the fields plugin. I think that's one of that's from Rob Fletcher, right? Originally, yes, yeah. Yeah, the fields plugin, which means that you don't have to rebuild the forms every time you add a new field to your scaffolding, but the look and feel of the fields plugin when applied to relationships and everything in the static scaffolding isn't nearly as good as the old system was. It just didn't didn't work out as nicely. Now I don't know if they add the dynamic scaffolding back in whether that's going to look like the old one looked like. I don't know what the plan is, but I really am glad that at least it'll be available. It's it's you know, part of the appeal of Grails is to provide an easy learning curve for newcomers. And the static or the dynamic scaffolding is part of that ease of use option. You know, you just want to say eventually once you, your domain model settled down, you want to replace all the dynamic scaffolding with actual controllers and views. But on the way to that, just developing and getting the feel for an app, I find that almost invaluable. Hmm. Well, I think that you may not get what you want because the dynamic scaffolding I assume is just the same templates as the static scaffolding just generated well, we'll find on the, out because the, the, the dynamic scaffolding in the earlier versions 
it was the same templates, but it looked nicer. I mean, the the associations had links, and you could traverse them and everything. And if you tried doing that on the static scaffolding in Grails 3, you can't traverse an association. You don't even see that there are associations in many cases. You'll see a list of has many's, but you can't go from the, the individual one to its parent uh, going the other direction. So it just doesn't seem to be as nice. And not that I'm expecting the world out of scaffolding, but still, it's to get a, the purpose of scaffolding in my mind is to get a feel for your domain model, to see how it's working together and how the relationships work. And if you can't do that, that's kind of a problem, I think. Okay. I've never been a big fan because I've I felt it's never really handled relationships very well because relationships are very difficult to do in a sort of standard CRUD approach. Um, no, it's the, much easier. The one to many's and the, the, the one to many's and the belongs to's and things like that always seem to work fine for me. It didn't really do many to many's, but that's, you know, I, I understand that and that's asking a lot, you know. Uh, but at any rate, you're probably right. It'll probably generate the same code as the static scaffolding and then we'll see. Uh, and, and at least it should be documented again in the user guide. We'll see how that goes. But I, I think I, that we'll be glad that it's back in there, even though the more experienced you are, probably the less you'll use it. Yeah, although, I mean, I've, I always used it as a starting point. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, if you're starting from the domain model. So there's just one, just one more thing I wanted to say about this in a few classes. The thing is, if you use the um, dynamic scaffolding, you may not realize that the at transactional read only annotation is applied to the controller. And so it looks like if you then do uh, add actions to your dynamically scaffolded controller that does any database updates, sometimes those updates don't happen unless you explicitly flush. So wait a minute, you're saying on the dynamic scaffolding, the controllers don't apply at transactional? They do, but it's read-only. Oh, but it is read-only. Now, on the static scaffolding, you see that read-only explicitly written. Exactly. But on the dynamic, you don't. OK, exactly. I see you're getting it. All right. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what the behavior is with that at, at transactional read-only, um, but it, I feel that that uh, can cause issues. So something to be aware of. Okay. Especially with the dynamic scaffolding. Okay, so uh, moving on from Grails, finally, we have uh, a little Griffin news item. So uh, Griffin 2 has been out and about for quite a while now. So the artifact portal, uh, you know, more colloquially known as the plugin portal for Griffin 1.x, is finally shutting down. So if you're still using Griffin 1.x, that is going to cause you some issues. Um, I believe uh, there may be a workaround. You may have to set up your own artifact portal or something like that. But the recommended approach is upgrade to Gryphon 2. That, that ought to push that upgrade, yeah. Yes. And, and hey, Gryphon 2 uses lazy bones. Therefore, that's the only reason you need to upgrade. <laughs> have you upgraded lazy bones anytime recently? Uh, 0.8.1 came out uh, a month or two ago, but it fixed a very important issue. Lots of people were complaining that they couldn't get through proxy. Ah. So it's <clears throat> when you're when you're sort of working from home and independent and the like, you, you forget that proxies exist. Uh, and then these things, then people say, "Hold on, this doesn't work behind our corporate proxy." And you go, "Oh, 
Yeah, that is a serious issue. I, as I recall, Grail still has a bit of an issue with that in terms of the initial download of the of the distribution and the plugins. So I don't know how that's being handled. I I met a guy in Austin who was or Dallas, I think, was having a lot of troubles with that, and uh, hopefully that that's already been addressed. I don't know, but it's definitely an issue at most of the companies I travel to. Uh, by the way, another thing that kind of went away is you saw this week, I think it was the Ruby people that were affected by Codehouse shutting down. You know, now the Codehouse is really gone. Uh, for these students, by the way, I was talking a little bit about uh, Jeepers, you know, the Groovy Parallel Systems. And, of course, most of their information was on Codehouse. They've migrated the user guide over to a Jeepers.org domain, but... I don't see any of the rest of the documentation there yet, or the download links, or anything like that. Now, the the distribution can still be downloaded with at Grab or any of the other mechanisms. Just uh, I don't think all the pages associated with the documentation have migrated over to the new site yet. Right. Okay. So that could be a little painful for people for a, for a little while. Um, I'm guessing they just want to um, move everything into their the ask. They're doing an ASCII doctor user guide, aren't they? I hope so. I think that's a really nice move. Okay, so if you're a Jeepers user, um, look out for that. So yeah, all these people affected by the Codehouse closure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, a lack of forward planning, perhaps. <laughs> so uh, another interesting item that I, I found was a generator of great ladies. Mm -hmm. She is trying to do an analysis of the uh, relative proportions of women and men in the Groovy community. And this is taking, uh, this is being done in the way of getting people, companies, people from companies to add their data to a uh, project on GitHub. Um, and then as more data gets added, you, we get a, a better idea and feel for what the proportions are. So I've added a link to the show notes, which takes you to that project, which in its readme, it has instructions on how to add your own data. So if you do work for a company, you are using Groovy, uh, then I do encourage you to just go there, spend a little bit, a bit of time to add the data for your company about you know proportions of men and women using Groovy in your company. Yeah, the great ladies, speaking of that group, uh, they're based in Minneapolis, and of course, GreatConf in two weeks is in Minneapolis. Not only are they going to be there with mugs and T-shirts and things like that, I believe they're, they're even having a meetup uh, Friday night if anybody happens to be around that week, so that you'll get a chance to meet Jen or uh, uh, Allison or several of the others associated with that group. Yeah. I, I think definitely Allison, feel that. Actually, Allison is actually doing, Allison Figgis, who is one of the co-founders, is doing the Groovy tutorial before GreatConf in, in uh, Minneapolis. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so ho hopefully people will uh, catch up with them uh, there. And your good self, you'll be there, won't you? Yeah, I just don't want to fill out that survey because I'm a one-person company and it's just me. So it's hard to, the diversity issue is very poor. I know, I had the same question. I was like, should I add my data since yeah. I am a sole, <laughs> sole employee company? Um, well, maybe uh, Jen will tweet us and let us know whether she wants us to add us, ourselves to the data. But uh, I believe Baruka and I will both be at GreatConf in, in the US, so we'll see them there and we'll, we'll see whoever's around. And maybe we'll even get you to join in on, a, on an informal podcast from there, even though you won't be there. Yeah, so next podcast should be from GreatConf US. Right. 
Uh, speaking of Great Conf, uh, somebody did do a write-up of Great Conf EU, and I put show notes uh, in the show notes, uh, day one and day two. Um, that was by website to the new digital. So if you're wondering what happened in that conference, then check that out. Mm -hmm. And uh, next news item, there is a new Groovy book. It's on LeanPub. It's by Duncan Dickinson, and it's called Groovy 2 Tutorial. Uh, it's apparently 60% uh, complete. Uh, so you, the link's on there. Um, and this is kind of a, an introduction to the Groovy language. Um, it's, I think, going for recommended suggested price. It's a minimum of $10, suggested price of $15. Um, so I haven't actually checked that out. I don't know if you had any time to have I a just looked at the. I looked at the beginnings of it because you could read part of it online, you know, uh, and I didn't have a chance to actually purchase it yet, but I, I did look at parts of it. It looked like the parts I saw looked like a very good Ruby tutorial. You know, I, of course, I've seen several of those, in, including yours, you know. So um, it's a nice thing to have available. Uh, I know Mr. Hockey apparently has been very happy with the LeanPub mechanism of distributing books. Uh, so uh, apparently this is a, another follow-on to that, and I definitely wish him all the best. Mm, yes, excellent. Um, sorry, distracted. Jen has just tweeted oh. and said that we should add our data to. I don't see it. Uh, I'm looking at the group chat. Is there something else I should look at? Oh, uh, Q&A, right? Tweeted Groovy Podcast. Oh, she, she tweeted, tweeted it. Oh, okay. I, I'm trying not to look at Twitter right now, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we will add our data. Yes, okay. Uh, right. So, and sort of uh, a last little novelty piece item. There is an autocorrect for Java in IDEs called Eddie. Uh, I've added the link to the show notes. And this caught my eye, not because it's autocorrect for Java, but the examples, if you go to the website on the front page, a couple of the examples reminded me of uh, Groovy. So there was a for loop for token in tokens, and there was autocorrect for that. And I thought, ah, that looks like Groovy being autocorrected to Java. So I thought, maybe if you ever have to convert Groovy to Java, and I have, to, I have had to do this in the past, uh, and it was a lot more work than I anticipated. Uh, this could be an interesting tool to aid that process. That's, that's so deeply wrong. You sure you <laughs> want to be bringing this up? <laughs> this is not a recommendation that you should convert Java to Groovy. Well, that's my, Groovy my to Java. Was, my joke always was that, I mean, I wrote a book called Making Java Groovy, and then if you took the Groovy code and you took the compiled bytecodes and ran a, a Java decompiler on it, then that's making Groovy Java, right? <laughs> so Java and, and that should be, you, you deserve what you get when you do that. You know, it's every bit as ugly as you'd expect. It's tough. It's tough. But on the other hand, sometimes you need to do it. And I just, I just found it interesting that the, the two examples of autocorrection that I saw looked like they were coming, going from Groovy syntax to Java syntax. Now, <laughs> here we did have a discussion a bit about uh, code quality tools in Groovy. And I mentioned CodeNARC uh, as both separate and a Grails plugin. Are you aware of any other Grails Groovy code quality tools there? No, that's really the only one. Um, I know there was uh, like Clover for code coverage, which had a groovy version. 
Oh, um, but Codenark's, Codenark's the only one I know of. Okay. Well, that might have been the question. Or... See, they, they come up with these hard questions in my classes, and I say, oh, I'll ask Peter. You know, <laughs> live on the podcast, put him right on the spot, you know. Because uh, I am the fount of all knowledge. <laughs> yeah. well, you see, here's the, you know, everybody can you know, wave, wave if you're on the Groovy Podcast hey. now. You know. Hello. Aren't, aren't they great? <laughs> yeah. At least until they fill out the evals, they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with good luck with that. <laughs> um, so that's that's it for the scheduled news items. Um, do you have anything else you want to say, Ken? We've hit the 25 minute mark, which I think must be the shortest podcast yet. And, and I think people will appreciate that, too. I think that's great. Um, I imagine that we're right in the calm before the storm. Next week is UberConf, uh, as well as OzCon, for those people interested in that. And then the week after that is GreatConf in the U.S. And Spring 1, 2GX is in September. So we're going to see an awful lot of movement in this area, an awful lot of uh, presentations and things. Even my Groovy videos were on sale this week as a bundle at O'Reilly. So that was fun, too. And I've also done some uh, additional recordings for O'Reilly. Uh, there'll be some Gradle ones coming out and some Android ones in the near future. So if you forgive the shameless self-promotion, uh, that's going on as well. No forgiveness required. Uh, you're, in fact, the, um, the Groovy Weekly has a, a link to your video courses. That's embarrassing enough, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's great. And, you know, the more the merrier as, as much sort of learning material for Groovy and uh, the associated ecosystem as possible. Absolutely. I think it's all good. I'm also looking forward, one of the things I'm waiting for is for IntelliJ 15 to start adding in Grails 3 functionality. Uh, I think that was the plan. I haven't seen that. They released a, an early access or an alpha type of release, and I don't recall seeing any Grails functionality in it, but I, met, I know that's coming. So hopefully within the next month or so, uh, that's something that we will will hear about in a big way. Yeah, so hopefully we'll have plenty of news items to steal from the Groovy Weekly and the Grails Diary <laughs> in the really, coming really weeks. Like Harping on that, don't you? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so once again, thank you for joining us, everybody. Uh, you can see our Twitter handles on the show notes. It's P. Ledbrook for myself and Ken 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 Cousin uh, for Ken. And hopefully we'll catch you next time. Thank you once more for joining us. Goodbye. Take care.